This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Alan and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Greg from studio1design.com, and here's my co-host, Alan, from pixelpartnershq.com. How are you, buddy? Mate, did you do that all in one breath? I think so. <laughs> Matt, you are so excited for 2018. It's great to hear. I am indeed, mate. It's going to be a good year. I don't know. For me, if... What have you been up to first, buddy? Let's get into that topic shortly. Mate, what have I... <laughs> what have I... You know what? On the Friday for before Christmas, my brain shifted into neutral, and it has stayed that way until the first week of, of January. I've done nothing but beach, PS4, and play with the kids. Oh, really? Yep. It's been That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that is good. It's good just to let your mind, you know, drift into, yeah, non-work-related activities. And that's what I've been doing as well. We had a really good Christmas, probably drank a little bit too much, um, had a bit of a hangover on, uh, on Boxing Day, but uh, it's all worth it. I actually play chess. This is a bit of a tradition. I play chess with my father-in-law, and we have a few scotches after everyone's gone to bed. And, you know, just have one too many. It's awesome. <laughs> nice. you got to love those Christmas traditions. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, just taking it easy and just family activities and then New Year's Eve, which was with a few families and, you know, all the kids are between like eight and 17. So they just run amok and we just sat around a fire and just till about three o'clock and just told stories and had a good old laugh and had a few drinks. It was great fun. Yeah, nice. Well, my daughter's birthday is uh, the 1st of January and, and she thought for many, many, she's 11 now, she just turned 11, but she thought for many years her god- godfather paid for the fireworks for her birthday every every year. <laughs> That's awesome. It's always an epic, an epic night in New Year's Eve because we lead into her birthday and uh, it's fun. We were out close to the harbour in Sydney to watch the fireworks off the bridge. So after everybody nice. does their countdown and celebrates and watches the fireworks, the moment the fireworks start, we all dive into happy birthday and everyone turns around and she gets all embarrassed. So. <laughs> That's awesome, man. It's good to embarrass kids. They love you for it. That's it. So we really quickly pivoted just before we hit record on this on this call, didn't we? I mean, we had a topic lined up that we had organised at the end of last year, but we decided to talk about the things that we are going to implement in 2018 to make 2018 an awesome year. Exactly, man. Yeah. And it's all about, you know, the reason we set goals is to plan for growth, essentially. Like if you don't have any goals in place, you're just going to float around and, and you won't get as good a result if you, as if you put some, you know, some goals out there. And look, for me, I if I do anywhere near as good as last year, then I'm going to be pretty happy because we grew about 20 to 25% last year. And that's in, you know, income and profit. So that that's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. And I mean, your suggestion was that we should sort of talk about 2017 and my response to you was well I had a pretty terrible year in 2017 (laughs) I mean look you know not not necessarily terrible business-wise I mean we had a few ups and downs and we changed structure Uh, I had a lot of personal things happen in in 2017 with you know people passing away in the family and all this sort of stuff and and I don't want to sound morbid but my first reaction was no don't want to talk about that but the reality was right when we really think about it like you said firstly 
you learn. You learn through these processes and you implement better systems and processes and directions moving forwards, right? Exactly. And let me just ask, how long have you been in business? Oh, too long to remember now. Exactly. And it's because you've been through good times and bad and you've pivoted and you've learnt and you're still in business. So that, you know, hats off to you, man. That's pretty awesome. Well, it's, so yeah. And then on, on a personal front too, you know, uh, I guess you're reflecting on the year Considering all the things that happened, from a business point of view, everything kept moving forwards, right? So, you know, something is is working there. And, and at the end of the day, you know, nothing's ever perfect. And, and most, you know, there's, there's statistics about the failure rate of small businesses out there, you know, globally. But I know here in Australia, you know, a lot of small businesses you know, don't make it past the five-year point, right? And very, very mm. few make it past the 10-year point. And I'm a firm believer, and I've had uh, friends and mentors say the same thing. Those that are successful, they say every business hits a hard period, you know, sometimes yeah. multiple yeah. hard periods. And the ones that succeed are the ones that can, you know, adjust their course as required and push past the difficulties, right? So, mm. you know, live and learn and don't keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So I guess, you know, hats off to you, Greg, for suggesting that. Yes, I had a crappy year, but, you know, from that, I have three or four things that I'm absolutely going to implement this year. And, you know, I'm glad to see 2017 in the rear vision mirror, but, you know... I'm really looking forward to 2018. I'm not going into 2018 thinking, oh, you know, how am I going to get out of this slump? The slump is gone. I just got to keep moving forwards. Mm, exactly, man. Yeah. And how's that? You're looking forward to 2018 because of the new direction. And, and so what is part of that new direction now? What, what's, your, what's your plan for business in 2018? Well, look, you know, firstly, some of my things are not as much, I guess they are business oriented, but they're more personal development, things that I've been doing but not doing well in the last mm. maybe two years, right? So, you know, just an attempt to be more focused, not let things that are urgent but not important distract me. You know, the four-quadrant model of, yep. you know, urgent and important, important, not urgent and, and so on. Well, you know, in reviewing maybe the last six months, there were a lot of things that were urgent but not important that took away from the important things that I should be doing for my business. So I've got, you know, I've got a few strategies of I have implemented and I am putting into my day, day every day. So, you know, one of them, you know, I've got my self journal. So, you know, I'm, I'm being more disciplined in what I'm doing in my day. So I'm actually laying out, well, these are the things that I'm going to get done and nothing else get look, gets looked at until those are done. And do you journal what you did each day as well? Just bullet point. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the self-journal has sort of two sides to it. It has your, your schedule for the day and a little note-taking area, then your main goal and today's targets. And then on the right-hand side, bottom half, it has lessons learned, your wins, and tonight I'm grateful for, right? Oh, so, nice. so, yeah. so summarising how your day went, what the wins were, and locking those in. And then the other thing that ties into this, which is a mistake that I made in last last year's system of doing this is I'm I'm doing 50 10 sprints so I'm using my timer on my phone I'm marking the 50 10 sprints with the breaks in between in my schedule rather than going well look I've got to work three hours so I've got all these things to jam into three hours uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm blocking it out to have those little incremental breaks in between 
each task. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. So how long's each task? Do you put a timer on it? Well, have you heard um, a few people talk about, you know, the 45-15 or the 50-10 sprint, yeah. I think. Uh, okay, so 50 work in 10 break. Yeah, 50 minutes of work, 10-minute break, 50 minutes of work, 10-minute break, you know. Yep, so, yep. And you can play with that too, you know. Mm. You don't have to be too regimented. You can do 50 minutes, two 10-minute breaks, and then another 50 minutes. If you want to have, like, for, tw- for a 20-minute break, I can, you know, go for a little walk. I can go for a 20-minute walk, come back and get back into my... Whereas 10 minutes is not long enough for an effective, you know, walk to get the blood flow. Mm, yeah, absolutely, man. It's interesting to say that. I just bought a stand-up desk, so, you know, I just got it a couple of days before Christmas. And, yeah, I'm standing up right now. And, geez, I spend probably half my day now standing up. And it just feels so much better. But on top of that, you know, part of my personal goals is to do more exercise, you know? Like, when you've got a... An internet-based business, you do spend a lot of time sitting down on your butt doing, you know, like computer work. So that's uh, partly why I bought the stand-up. But also, yeah, I am making it a daily a mission to, you know, every day do some form of exercise, whether it's a walk or, you know, I even bought this funny little um, pull-up machine that you put on your doorway, and that's pretty fun. Well, the, you know, the thing is, though, that exercise going for a walk or going for a swim or whatever it might be even the simplest form of exercise so like i would say walking is something that everybody can do or maybe Mm. maybe not if you live in new york this time of year where it's you know it's had record freezing uh temperatures but you know a, a 30 minute walk a day this is endorphins, it makes you happier, it clears the mind, it gives you blood flow, it does so much for your work effectiveness. And it's, you know, it's one of those things like meditation, which is counterintuitive. You invest time into it, so you take time out of your day, but what happens is you get more effective use of the remaining time. So I think it's it's critical. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of walking every single day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I find, look, sometimes I'll put a podcast on, sometimes I won't when I'm walking. But, you know, I always find that coming back from a walk, I've, I just feel so much fresher and I've, I approach things in a, in a clear-minded way and sometimes even, you know, have new ideas from that walk. So, yeah, it's, it's just so good for business. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And let me say, I just got the iPhone 10. I'm a little bit late off the, the blocks for that one. You know, Siri... On the iPhone 10 is so much better than, I mean, I had an iPhone, I don't know, 6 Plus, so it was getting a little bit dated. Finding now when I'm when I'm walking, I can dictate things to her really, really easily and even just have her read me back some of my recent emails and messages so that I'm, I you know, if I feel like I'm overloaded or I'm busy, I can get that stuff done while I'm walking. Awesome, man. Wow, that's cool. I'm still on the old 6S, so, <laughs> but I don't want to upgrade just yet. It's still a good phone. Mine was a 6 Plus, so just slightly older than, than yours. It was a brilliant phone. The only reason I upgraded was the touchscreen wasn't working anymore, and I just thought, you know what, it, I'd been, it was being intermittent, and I'd been dealing with it for weeks. I just hadn't got round to actually... Uh, I'm old school. I still like going into the... I mean, I love the Apple Store. I like going into the Apple Store and buying my phone. I don't like ordering it online. I don't get the thrill when the package arrives. I enjoy the experience of going into the store. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, cool, man. All right, so we just went off on like 20 different tangents. We did. What, we what did. about you? What, are you? what are your big changes or big goals for 2018? Yeah, so it's a, it's a few really. And on a personal front, so I've just mentioned, you know, stand-up desk, more exercise every day, that sort of thing. But, 
you know, also what I want to do this year is write a book, right? So, but it's really, it's going to be based on web design and, and it's going to be quite visual, almost like a coffee table book where lots of, you know, beautiful images and photography and things like that. So I'll probably have to hire you for that, Al. <laughs> but yeah, just lessons in there on, on how to design a, a website that gets, you know, awesome results. Yeah. So that to me is definitely going to be a challenge. It's going to be a 12 month goal for the year. And I'm really looking forward to that because I'm, I'm just so new and such a novice to it. So I'll keep in, you know, I'll journal that and, and sort of throughout this podcast this year, I'll let you know how that's going. So, so 12-month goals are really, really difficult. I mean, James Shramko, uh, who we had on recently in his book, he talks about, you know, making the goals smaller blocks, like 12-week goals and things like that. So do you have like a, a daily or a weekly plan on how you're going to make this book happen? Yeah, so I mean, that's just one of the goals. And then another goal is to introduce branding as more of a, a standalone product in our business. So yes, the, the book is a 12 month goal, but I'd be, I think anybody would be hard struck trying to get a, a book out in, in three months, apart from maybe Dan Sullivan, <laughs> who does a book every quarter. What I mean, though, like, what are you putting in place today to make sure you make those those steps towards the book? Because I know for me, yeah. if I set a 12-month goal, if I don't plan something this week and then this month and then this quarter towards it, I'll get halfway through the year and go, oh, crap, I haven't done anything towards that goal. Oh, yeah. No, I've got the first step lined up. So I'm meeting with the same person that helped James Franco with his book, Kelly Exeter, and she and I are meeting in, I think it's the second week of Jan or the third week of Jan, um, to go over the outline and the plan of the book. So I don't want to just go into it, you know, having been a novice and, and never written a book before. So if I did that, it'd probably end up being a big old mess. But she's going to give me the framework and the structure to make sure that's going to be, you know, a good read and, and interesting to, to the reader, essentially. Right. So so, you for, so you've, you've put in place that you're going to get guidance from an expert to make sure it yeah. comes together. Yeah, cool. Look, I, yeah. I was just curious about that because, I, you know, I often hear people on podcasts and live events talking about setting goals, but I think, you know, the steps towards it are just as important as the big hairy goal. Yeah, they are indeed, yeah. And that's, yeah, certainly, like I just know it's going to be a 12-month process and sometimes it's longer. But, yeah, for me, step one's in place and then from that step one is when I'll have an action plan. Sweet. And then... Branding as a standalone product. So, but you, you guys do branding now anyway, right? We do. Well, look, we offer we offer website design, and in that, we just automatically, you know, value add, and we we give them a whole new look and feel, right? So, it essentially, becomes a new look for their brand that they can, you know, take to. You know, we would then design a style guide, and they could take to all of their marketing materials, online, offline, etc. But now we're just going to offer it as a standalone product as well for people that may not want a website; they just want the branding. Now, yes, we do offer logos at the moment and style guides and things like that, but it's really we want to do it more holistically as a you know business that offers branding for um, you know not just a website or not just a logo, but their entire business. Yeah, nice. So, so really, it is all about that brand character and what it means and how it's representing yes. the business. Where what you're doing right now is you're taking all those elements, applying it to a web design, exactly. And the web design is by default becoming the basis for any future branding. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Which is cool. But yeah, we just want to offer it as a standalone service as well. Because then the way I see it is we'll be seeing more of an expert in branding. And at the moment, it's kind of like a 
you know, a secondary uh, thing to what, to what we do, but we are really good at it. And also my, my wife, she's, you know, part of our business where she gives direction for all the branding. Like she's had, you know, 12 years in the clothing industry doing branding for, for Australian clothing brands on a very commercial level. So she has an incredible eye for, you know, color and composition and, you know, latest trends. She used to travel the globe every quarter to look for the latest trends for fashion. So she's picked up a lot of experience and knowledge from, from that. So she, yeah, she's super good at it and she's going to be running the branding leg of the business. Nice. That sounds awesome. So writing a book, adding branding. What, what about, do you have anything from a systems and processes point of view that you're, that you're trying to add into your, to, to the organization, to your business rather than, than products? Yeah, I do actually. And one is to try and take me out of out of the process a little bit more. So at the moment, you know, my role is essentially to do all the calls with the clients, which I, I really enjoy. But if we are to scale, you know, a whole lot more, then I really need to take me out of the picture and make sure it's not completely reliant on me. So, you know, even, there's two things I'm going to do. One is hire a VA to help me with all that process so that they can do everything apart from take the call with the client, you know, everything leading up to that, everything after that. And the other thing is essentially, eventually, I should say, eventually, maybe this year, I'm not entirely sure, but I'll probably put on a, a salesperson or, you know, someone else to, to help with the, the sales calls or the, the general management of, of, you know, turning the, the calls into into sales and into in, uh, put the, the briefs into the team, essentially. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, so one one step removed from the process. And that, that's the eternal problem for small business owners, isn't it? It is indeed, man. Yeah. And so, you know, you just, you can't scale. If you start thinking about things on a 10 times level and you think, okay, how can I grow my business 10 times instead of two times? Like to grow your business two times, you just think, okay, I'll put in more effort and, you know, you can tweak the system, the process, hire a few more people, et cetera. But if you start thinking about 10 times, you really have to take yourself out of the process because you just can't physically do it. So yeah, that's kind of the mindset I'm, I'm in at the moment to try and take myself out of it to think how can I even if I don't grow it 10 times but if I get in that mindset of how do I grow it 10 times then I've got a better chance of taking me out of the process yeah I mean I love the question you know when you want to improve your business just imagine if you 10x how much work you there's this 10 times model that you're talking about I, I think that the best way to approach it is if I 10x our business today so tomorrow all of a sudden I had 10 times the amount of business what would break yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so often it is the business owner, you know, they're, yep. they're inadvertently active on things that they probably don't need to be. They maybe haven't invested enough time and energy into training, you know, to make sure that their, their team can take on it. And I'm as much at, at fault on that as well you know so but it's not really a fault it's just a it's part of business you know like it's as a business owner you have to do everything at the start and then sometime throughout the process of business over the years you slowly need to take yourself out but it is hard for a business owner to let go of that uh, of that control essentially yeah well i mean I, I made a decision midway through 2017 where <clears throat> what i was doing is like you say business owners often do it first and then train somebody to do it right mm -hmm. and one of the things that i'd been doing is i'd been doing it and then i had to make a decision to train on it right which meant then i had to make the training videos and the documentation and all that sort of stuff whereas 
the, the approach that I've taken now, especially with tools like Loom, which is just so easy to do screen yeah. recordings, I am doing it as part of my normal process. When I've got something new, I make a training video. Now, I can always revise it. I can always edit it. Um, I can always do an update to it. But instead of waiting until later to do the training video, I'm doing it as new things arise in our pipeline. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas before it was, well, I'll run this new thing, I will see how it goes, and then eventually I will train and hand it over. But what was happening was that those things were getting harder and harder to do as they accumulated, especially with rapid change in business. It can be really challenging. So I've now got a massive library. Thank goodness Loom finally offers folders. Folders, yes. <laughs> um, because I was getting this huge library of videos that, you know, some of them I've used, some of them I haven't. They're still sitting there if and when I need them. So Yeah. And so what are some other goals then, man? That, that sounds really cool. <clears throat> so from a business point of view, 2017 saw us really drilling down on product-based work at Pixel Park. Yep. So we're going to expand on that and really service, you know, retail and e-commerce businesses that either manufacture or import or white label their own products, right? Nice. So yeah. yep. the days of, you know, white labeling dodgy products on Amazon are disappearing. You know, more and more people are, are building brands now rather than just one-off mm. one products. Yep. Uh, e-commerce is exploding and there are just so many businesses out there who are, you know, traditionally wholesale or back-end where, you know, things like packaging isn't as important. You know, they're... they're, they're, they're their boxes aren't necessarily on a retail shelf, for example. Yeah. They're, they're often sitting in a in a storeroom or a warehouse and people are buying from catalogues or buying from, you know, grouped orders from advisors and things like that. So, you know, there's just so much of that work. And, and you know, thanks to the web, there are less people doing really great product-based design. You know, mm. designers in the last... 15 years who've, who've come into the industry and come out of colleges or been self-trained have all been, you know, in this enormous web market because there's so much work there that packaging is a skill that, you know, less and less design companies have. So, well, packaging, custom illustrations, uh, instruction manuals, Amazon, you know, we're doing tons and tons of Amazon work from product photography to uh, enhance brand content. So that, that's where we're heading in 2018. And, and keep an eye on our website. You'll see a lot of our, our products disappearing. So in an effort to be more focused, I'm going to start removing... Ah, simplify. Yeah, some of the... I'm going to do, mm. do another 80-20 of, of the business. So, you know, look at the bottom 20% and delete those and look at the top 20% and see how I can, I can accelerate those. Oh man, that's exciting, man. Yeah, I think because that's obviously all your what you're really good at anyway, your business, you know, all those things that you've just mentioned. So now you've yeah, you're really honing in on, on what you're excellent at and and there's a, a huge market for that. Yeah, absolutely. And probably about you know, admittedly I haven't done it in, 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 in probably eighteen months to two years, but about three years ago and four years ago we we did that same process where we stopped, we looked at our product mix and we did an 80-20, right? And we just, it was simple. We just deleted the bottom 20% of the products that weren't either weren't selling or weren't making us 
enough profit and we did it again the following year and that helped us get us much much closer to the product focused position we're in now but I think now we need to go one further step and just make sure that there are no distractions from what we're doing and, and really drill down on that and, and learn to say no it's very tempting to say yes when somebody comes to you with a job that Oh, you know, you know, you can do it. You think you're going to make okay money, but the problem is, it takes away from your core focus. Yeah, but you're good at that, aren't you? You're good at saying no. I'm okay at it. I, I, I have to say, last year I wasn't very good at it. Although it wasn't as bad as it has been in the past. In that, they were still product related, but it seemed to, you know, it would, it would drift off. So, you know. We do product focus work for a client and they say, can you design our new showroom for us? Right. Uh, yeah. Yep. And you kind of think, well, yeah, we've got all the assets. We know the brands, but really it's not what we're about. We're not, we don't do graphics for trade show displays and showrooms. Those things are outside our, yeah. our core competency. Right. And it's, it's being careful with things like, like that. Whereas custom illustrations, we just did a, a job where uh, they're doing a themed photo shoot at a conference with like a savannah design with lion, like uh, individually full-size cut-out lions and giraffes and a backdrop. And it was all custom illustration. That's Even though it's not product-based, that's right up our alley because custom yeah. illustrations is definitely a core for us. So it's just balancing, you know, what do you say yes to, what do you say no to. That's cool. That's cool, Asman. And it's really come from, you know, what you said before, it was not an awesome year, and now you're super focused, and I think it's going to be an exciting year for you, man. Oh, and you too, man. I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing this book, Greg. I reckon it's going to be a, yeah. ki- a killer book. So Pressure's on, isn't it? Now it's public. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's a great way to set goals. Is Yeah. Is one other thing that, that, that I think is super important that I'm going to be so much more diligent on so last year I got really good at, at that sort of planning and journaling, using my, my self-journal, that, that being the name of the journal. So Google it if anybody wants to see it. We've talked about it on previous podcasts. Using my self-journal to, you know, write down my goals and my targets and, and lessons learned. But I tell you what I wasn't doing well last year is going back and reviewing that once a week, once a month, once a quarter. Mm -hmm. right and it's really interesting when you go back and you look at the goals and you ask yourself well did i did i really achieve that to the best should it go back on my list or did it just disappear it's it's amazing how often things drift out of our core focus it's kind of looking like looking through binoculars if you're not looking directly at it you can't see it yeah understood yeah well speaking of that and simplifying i you know i do have a list and it's uh, in priority but yeah, I section it off and I just put it into highest priority, you know, which are really for the month essentially. And then I have a quarterly goals and then just other random stuff. But I purposely keep those things on the list and, you know, it's in an Evernote thing and I tick them off when they're done. And then I go back and look at what's done and that list is just huge and, and it's really good. I often visit that list just to see what I've achieved for the year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, a, they, they say one of the worst things you can do is make lists and not tick things off it because there's a like right. a, a mental drag or a mental friction that's involved with that. But if you have a list and you are ticking things off and you're seeing the wins, that that's really really cool. Yeah, but chunking it down into just the important ones as well to really simplify it, to not have your list too long. You just got a short list for the important stuff. It's kind of like that quadrant thing you talked about before. Yeah, and it's interesting too because when when people talk about they talk about their top priorities right and priorities is a non-existent word 
right? Like when you really think about a priority, the word priority is the one thing that's important, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, people who have lists, you should have one thing at the top of the list that's segmented. That one thing is what you get done. That, that has to be done. That's the priority. There's no such thing as priorities. Pri- a priority can't be a plural. Does that make sense? Yeah, understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah totally, yeah. man. Which, yeah. I, which I and think that, is cool. Cool. Well, I'm going to leave with a, a killer tip, and that's to put a, an actual due date on each item on the list as well. Absolutely. I, I use the self-journal has sort of like a quarterly goals and then a weekly uh, habit-building section and and three things that you want to get done for that week so i'm a big thing of you know put a date on it when are you going to have it done by and make sure it gets done no matter what exactly because you're only letting yourself down if you don't do it yep here here so find us you know what here's my killer tip find a structure that works for you you know you can read books like the one thing you can read getting things done by david allen there's look there's tons of books on how to sort of set your priority uh, list and priority and lists up, you know, look at self journal, but find a system that works for you. There's no, I've never found one system that works for everybody. So find a system that works for you, implement it and have a killer 2018. You bet, man. You too, Al. Thanks for listening, listener. Thanks, listener. And we'll uh, we'll see you on the next episode. You bet. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.